Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast for Monday, January 27th, presented by SeatGeek. I'm Caroline Gonzalez with my co-host now, coming back from the Pro Bowl in Orlando, John DeShazer. JD, how you doing, buddy? Uh, doing fine, doing great. Um, a long time away from home, but I think everybody's ready to get back home, but you know, one more leg of the trip and then I'll be back home. Yeah, we're excited to have you back. I know uh, you did some gardening out there with Drew Brees, and I was like, man, don't let Shalanda see that because you're going to have some to-do lists when you get home. Well, if she doesn't see it, if I didn't do it or not. But, I mean, you know, hey, somebody had to get out there and put their hands in the dirt. So it was me and Drew uh, serving as the, and then, you know, the heroes. Not all heroes wear capes. Oh, some of them have gosh. dirt under their fingernails. Here we go. Well, <laughs> his hands are far more valuable than your hands, J.D. Uh, but, J.D., you covered the Pro Bowl yesterday. And obviously, uh, the heartbreaking news of Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi passing yesterday came out. Uh, I'm not sure if it was minutes before the Pro Bowl or when it happened. Kind of walk me through how you found out yesterday and how some of the players found out yesterday. Well, I think we found out all about the same time. It was literally minutes before kickoff, and you know, not you know, hour and a half or whatever. It was almost right before the players went out on the field mm-hmm. uh, to participate in the Pro Bowl. And so I think that's about when everybody. About when everybody found out, and you know, obviously you you deal with the shock of it, and and then you know the Pro Bowl becomes you know secondary, way secondary, and probably more than that because now you're talking about an exhibition game that a lot of, a lot of the players really, really got emotionally. Uh, I don't want to say detached from, but you know, a lot of those guys, even though they're football players, they grew up and. Yeah. You know, I saw it. I don't know who who said it, but whoever said it said it best that Kobe was the Jordan of their generation. True Holiday, and yep. so, or Alonzo, yeah. And so, yeah, and so you know when you're talking about a guy like that, even if you're a football player, you still understood and witnessed his greatness and and his impact on sports and and everything. So you know a lot of those guys that cast a pall over the game for him. You know you get out there and you know I guess your body kind of gets ready for what it's accustomed to getting ready for, but mentally, you know, obviously it's going to have an effect on you. Yeah, and Daniel and I were talking about it this morning. He was just someone who impacted pretty much everyone's lives, not only in the sports world, but just in the world in general because of the person he was. He had an impact on the, on the sports world, on the music world, on the arts world. He just had an impact in a hand in so many different places among the world that today and yesterday it was kind of hard to escape the news. Like some news you kind of just want to get away from because you're like, not nah, like this, this isn't real. I, I can't handle this right now. And so you kind of avoid some stuff, but it's just one of those things you can't avoid. The only thing I can compare it to is when Michael Jackson passed um, because yeah, it's, it, it's that kind of impact. Yeah, it's one of those, I'll remember exactly where I was when mm-hmm. I heard this news. And, you know, one of those kind of situations. And, you know, that tells you how how big a personality the person was, but it also tells you how impactful that person was. And, you know, I think the big thing about Kobe was, you know, when you look at it and, yeah, it was it's the whole basketball thing. and but, but as you said, you know, it was the other things that he had started to get into. And especially, you know, at 41 years old, you're talking about a relatively young father. And those are the things that really jump off the page 
Yeah, and and you mentioned it yesterday that the players finding out just before they walked into or just before they played the game and and the Pelicans players, you know, it's no secret I was covering the Pelicans game yesterday uh, during the Pro Bowl, but uh, Pelicans players finding out minutes before they walk into the arena. And then, you know, we always have our our entrance video and our entrance photographs. And those those were a little bit different. And we kind of held back on some of those yesterday just because players were still coping with finding out the news. And you had so many people in the arena yesterday who were were close with with uh, with Kobe Bryant, you know Antonio Daniels. You had Swin Cash, so just so many so many lives affected. And then of course you can't help but relate it to yourself. Uh, I think everyone did that yesterday. We were all talking about it, and you, JD, know how close I am with my dad, uh, and just knowing the the father and daughter legacy that is is left behind, and that everyone's kind of robbed of seeing that next generation of of Bryant and Gigi Bryant. So um, of course sad yesterday, and uh, sad hearing that news, and I think every. Everyone's going to kind of be dealing with that for a long time. But, of course, this is a Saints podcast, so we need to talk about the game yesterday. Uh, And as I said, I was covering the Pelicans game. So walk me through some of the highlights. I saw Drew Brees connect with Michael Thomas yesterday. Of course, we're used to that uh, here as Saints employees. But walk walk me through some of the highlights from yesterday's game. Well, I mean, for me, that pretty much was it. Because, again, it was was hard for for anybody to concentrate on the game. Um, you know, there. You know, I think Drew was four or seven for ninety-five yards mm-hmm. and a touchdown. And I know Jared Cook made a couple of nice big catches. And and um, you know, Michael Thomas did have the touchdown catch. And you know, it was good to see the Saints represented. You know, ten deep out there on that field. Uh, Alvin Kamara, Deontay Harris, um, Larry Warford, and Andrews Pete, and you know, Cam Jordan. I think all of them. You know, again, once you get into the game and you kind of you know get that muscle memory, you have a little bit of fun out there, but. But for the most part, I, you know, I, I guarantee you those players probably couldn't tell you a whole lot about what happened in the game. They probably, you know, couldn't tell you or care about the final score of it because, you know, at the end of the day, even if it even if it had been a meaningful game, even if it had been an NFC Championship game or or maybe even a Super Bowl, you know, Kobe Bryant's that big a personality where it's going to overshadow whatever event was happening that day. But you know, they they went on through with it like most events went on yesterday and. They did the best they could because, you know, basically, one, it was it was such a, a shock and, and it happened so relatively close to the game that, you know, I think, you know, pretty much have to put the event on. You know, two, if Kobe Bryant himself could have said anything, I guarantee you he would have said, hey, go, go play your game. And and three, you know, uh, you know, for a lot of fans who attend, you know, the Pro Bowl in Orlando or, you know, a game like that, this is the only – a chance they get an opportunity to see NFL players of this caliber up close and personal, especially, you know, you know, this deep where you can see, you know, again, the Saints 10 pro bowlers, or you can see Russell Wilson from Seattle, or you can see Derrick Henry from Tennessee, or you can see, uh, you know, Stephon Gilmore from New England. You can see all those guys up close. And a lot of those people, you know, this might be the only opportunity that they got to see them. So, you know, from that standpoint, you're glad the game went on. Uh, you're glad those guys recognized and, and, and you know, gave as many tributes to Kobe as, as they possibly could because of the impact that they feel like he had on their lives. But, you know, the game, which I did, I did notice, it's, you know, 38-33 AFC. So, yeah, I did my homework. <laughs> I did watch a portion of it. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you, know, it, you know, as far as those guys, I mean, I, I'm sure I don't want to say they went through the motions because, you know, it's a dangerous game. Even if you're in an expedition, it's still a dangerous game. Uh, some things can happen where guys can get injured. So, you know, you get out there and you, you go through the muscle memory and, and you try to, 
you try to get through it as best you can. And I thought, and I thought both teams did that. Well, not only that, but you're you're surrounded by people in the sports world, right? So, like, you're surrounded by guys who you've played with and that you know, and so you know that they are going through the same emotions that you are going through and that those emotions are valid because this same person has had the same impact on your life uh, that it has on yours. And Drew Holiday in the locker room yesterday was talking about it and just talking about, you know, Lonzo playing with him and the fact that Lonzo's 21-22, Drew Holiday's a little bit older, but, uh, you know, still has the same impact on his life. Now, J.D., I I did want to get your perspective on this because it was a talking point yesterday when all the news was breaking. Your background is in newspaper, and of course, you know, you can find all your articles on NewOrleansSaints.com, but um, because you have that background and because, you know, you do your homework and you're used to that process of finding out information, what did you think yesterday about the constant information that was coming out on Twitter and a lot of constant wrong information? Well, I've always been a proponent of I'd rather be right than first. And so when you look at it from that perspective, a lot of it is is really, I don't want to say shameless, but a lot of it is is a lot of self-aggrandizement. You know, people trying to, you know, again, at the risk of being first, you're being sloppy. Right. And so from that standpoint, it's really reckless, uh, extremely reckless, really reckless. And you've always had that in journalism, unfortunately, uh, whether it be, you know, all the way back to Princess Diana, uh, in the in the fatal car crash or, or anything in between that and and Kobe yesterday, you're always going to have somebody who, at the risk of being first, will put out some some erroneous information, and that's the thing that really stains the industry because then people say, okay, we can't trust any of them. Right. No, you just can't trust those three idiots over there right. who who did something wrong. But the industry as a whole uh, remains strong and and, and is full of reporters who are actually attempting to get you the proper information. But, you know, nowadays when you've got these many, you know, these many platforms of media, when you talk about social media added in there, yeah. uh, you're, you're bound to get a lot of bad information, unfortunately. And that was the case yesterday. You know, it went from, you know, Kobe Bryant dying in a, in a helicopter crash to you know, all of his daughters being with him to all kinds of, you know, wild swings, Rick Fox. And, right. you know, it's like, you know, Hey, there's nothing wrong with waiting for the proper authorities to present the proper information so that you can present that proper information as opposed to running with something that, that could turn out to be wrong and really hurtful because you're talking about, you know, not only I hear that, you know, his family didn't even yeah. wasn't able to receive notification before it was out, but you're talking about throwing the rest of his daughters in it. You're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, throwing Rick Fox out there and, you know, who knows, you know, he's got family across on the other side of the country. You're like, what in the world's going on? And, and so that becomes really reckless and really damaging. Well, you have that, and then you have, of course, the other people on the on the helicopter that were impacted in their families because, you know, the, it came out this morning that it was a, a father and a, uh, a mother and their daughter, and then they left two kids behind, and then there was another family. And so um, – Obviously, just very irresponsible, especially when you have people who have verified accounts and people on live air. And I understand that mistakes are ha- 
are, can happen. Um, but when it comes down to things like that, it's just, it's a responsibility. As you said, it stains the industry when people want to be first as opposed to right. So, um, again, you know, we, there was a, a pro bowl yesterday and we do want to talk about that, but of course this is kind of the, the headlining news today and, and things that we have to talk about. Um, so JD, we, we welcome you back with open arms. I can't wait to see you back in the office. I know you're super excited to see me. Oh, you won't be seeing me in the office as much <laughs> as you uh, think you might. But <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I'm just ready to get back. Um, I've been on, I feel like I've been on the road forever, and it's only been like five, six days or whatever it is. But yeah. I feel like I've been on, on the road forever. I'm ready to get back home. Uh, and as soon as I get back home, and I think it won't be long before I'm taking Pelican's trip. So there's that also. But uh, at least I'll be able to sleep my own bed for a, for a little bit. How do you answer the question, oh, what do you do in the off season? Uh, there is no off season. <laughs> you know how that our season begins at, I know. <laughs> you know, mid, mid to late June and it's through like the middle of July. That's our window because that's when there are no safe activities. So that's why I tell people, people and, and don't get me wrong, look, I would not, I would not trade my job with anybody. Right. Yeah, like I said, I always say they're going to have to push me out the door. I'm not leaving of my own mm-hmm. free will. Uh, Especially since soon. I'm around now. Yeah, yeah. You know, you always got these young people who know nothing who want the job. So, <laughs> you know, back to that again. But, I mean, you know, it's, but there, you know, when we're talking about two teams, an NFL team and an NBA team, there's just been a lot of breathing time in between. There aren't a lot of down days. There aren't a lot of dead weeks. So, you know, you just kind of roll with it. And, uh, you know, really it's a credit to a lot of people in, in both in, in our building who know as much information about both teams as they do. Uh, you uh, know as much as me, and that's a, you know, a humble brag, but that's it. <laughs> no. That's why I you're mean, a yeah, senior it, reporter. <laughs> you know, but no, I mean, Soon you to know, be surpassed yeah, by Balen Breeze. You know, I try to tell people it's not quite as glamorous as it appears to be all the time. And, you know, they, oh, I just do, I carry you back. But, okay, all right, we'll see. And yeah. You go on the road for seven, eight, nine days. And let's see how you feel about it then. Yeah. You know, do that for like four, five, six years in a row. And let's see how you feel about it then. So, but again, I would trade it for the world. Yeah, I think it took me into like the third week of Pelicans to realize, okay, I know everything about Pelicans right now, and I know nothing about Saints. Time to reshift. And then when I reshifted, I was like, okay, I know everything about the Saints, and I know nothing about the Pelicans anymore. So I don't know how you do it. You keep everything very balanced, and uh, huge credit to you. And um, now I'm going to let you go because I've given you far too many compliments, and now your head is way too big. Well, you know, the true thing never hurt nobody. Oh it's all those, you know. It's all, all right, that'll do it for today's New Orleans Saints <laughs> podcast presented by Seeky. We appreciate you all coming in. JD, have a safe flight home and uh, looking forward to having you back. Thank you. I'm ready to get home. All right, that was our own senior reporter for the New Orleans Saints, John DeShazer, who is coming back home today after covering Senior Bowl and Pro Bowl for the New Orleans Saints. All of that coverage is on NewOrleansSaints.com, including photo galleries, articles, and much, much more of both Senior Bowl and the Pro Bowl. You can also follow at Saints on social media to see highlights and everything like that. Uh, That is all the content on our social media platforms that you don't want to miss. Today's show was brought to you by SeatGeek. If you're trying to find tickets to football games or any other live event, it can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing. But with SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple taps. With their deal score technology, they rank the most valuable seats based on price, location, historical data, and more. Plus, 
Every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Our listeners will get $20 off with their first purchase when they use the SeatGeek app. Use code GOSAINTS, that is GOSAINTS, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. SeatGeek, score the best deals on tickets. All right, that'll do it for the Monday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. We'll tune back in on Wednesday with more. Thanks for listening.